crossroads of empires, battleground of the ages, city of peace and of war. This is Jerusalem, where archaeology uncovers the empires of yesterday, where prophecy decodes the headlines of today. This is where history and prophecy come alive. This is Watch Jerusalem. Hello and welcome back to Watch Jerusalem. I'm your host, Brent Noctegal. Thank you very much for listening in to the program today. Today, I am going to continue to talk about the Joe Barmer administration's policy towards Israel and the Middle East. Last week, we talked about how there was a leak in the Wall Street Journal that came directly from the intelligence agencies of the Joe Barmer administration that sought to downplay Iran's actions as an aggressor in the Middle East and, and imply that Israel was an aggressor also. And this related to uh, Israeli strikes on Iranian vessels since 2019 that have come from Iran, transited the Red Sea, and went all the way up to drop off their oil and or weapons to the Assad regime in Syria. And I reached out to uh, certain uh, certain journalists, one of the leading authorities, investigative journalists in the United States that has um, documented the deep state's rise inside uh, through the through the Donald Trump era and how Joe, uh, how Obama was behind that, and I just wanted to see if I was misreading the situation. That is it true that the Wall Street Journal now is is being used as a PR weapon against the state of Israel by the Joe Obama administration? That they are seeking to create some type of cover for the Iranian attacks on Israeli ships by saying that, look, Israel is also attacking uh, Iranian ships. Iran attacks Israel, Israel attacks Iran. They're both the same. They're both aggressors. I asked him, is that really the case? And he said he agreed. He agreed that this was a purposeful leak to probably slow Israeli attacks on Iranian vessels, and to announce to the world what Israel was doing, to create this false equivalency between a defender, Israel, and the aggressor, the Iranians. And we showed last week that this policy is directly, or that the main policy here for the Obama administration, Joe Obama administration, is to raise up Iran, strengthen Islamists, Iran, Muslim Brotherhood, at the expense of traditional allies, Saudis, Israel, and anyone else that would put a stop to this outreach. Now, this next week, there's another leak. This time, it relates to the Palestinian-Israeli peace process going forward. And this was a leak that was made, uh, well, it was given to The National. It's in a UAE-based paper. Joyce Karam, their Washington correspondent, has an article about that. And I'm going to quote that for you. So remember that, before I do, that the goal of the Joe Obama administration is to create a situation where they can downgrade ties with Israel and give themselves cover for doing so, all the while strengthening jihadi uh, groups whether they're a state actor like Iran, whether they're the Muslim Brotherhood that acts in the, with the support of Qatar and Turkey and others to destabilize other Arab regimes that are allies of the United States, um, or groups like Hamas. 
the, the United States is pushing a policy to advance the radical Islamists. And you, can, you know that. You know that by their decisions to downgrade ties with the state of Israel and uh, the Saudis. And so right now, the United States is building up a list of stories that they can push to the public to try and paint Israel as an aggressor, yes, but also in terms of the peace process to create a scenario or an atmosphere where if, if Israel walks away from U.S.-mediated efforts, Israel looks like the bad guy. That is what they are trying to do. And you can see by this by this uh, paper that was released um, this week to The National. And this article was entitled, if I have it here, it's entitled, The National Obtains U.S. Official Document for Palestinian Reset. The four-page U.S. memo details Biden administration's approach to relations with the Palestinian Authority and jump-starting the peace process. And so this is a leak again. So when there's leaks by the United States government, you have to ask yourself again, why are they doing it? Why are they leaking this information? They are trying to set a narrative and they're trying to advise other parties what their plan is. And so the other parties that might not be in direct communication with the United States can act accordingly. And if I'm, if, if I'm any group, I'm excited by this leak. Um, if any group is excited by it, it's going to be Hamas. Hamas, the terrorist uh, sponsoring group or group full of terrorists that have been waging a war against the Israeli civilians for a, over a decade. I guess 1989 or 1988 is when their charter was uh, announced and, and given and when they split from the Muslim Brotherhood or at least came out of the Muslim Brotherhood umbrella all the way back then. And they rule over the Gaza Strip. Back in... 2006, there were parliamentary elections for the Palestinian Authority. Who won those elections? This was the last time they took place. Hamas won those elections. Palestine, Fatah, who was in charge up to that point, said, no can do, we're not doing it, we're still going to remain in charge because we're not handing over power, even though you won the, the election. The result of that was that Hamas had an, a raised in, a, raised an insurrection in the Gaza Strip to throw Palestinian Authority or Fatah officials off buildings, killing them and running Fatah out of the Gaza Strip. And since that time, the Gaza Strip has been used as a forward-projecting base by the Islamic Republic of Iran, firing missiles into Israeli, uh, Israeli territory, against civilians, deliberately trying to hurt civilians, instigated, I think, three wars since that time as well. And so this is a terrorist group with a terrorist ideology that is not going to be changed. Their mentality is such and their charter is such that they do not want a state of Israel. They do not want to live side by side in peace with the state of Israel. And so this four-page document written by Hadi Amir, who is somebody that has espoused the desire in the past for Israel to accept Hamas's place at the negotiating table in the future, that was released to show that uh, America is looking forward to a reset with ties with the Palestinian Authority, and that 
before these elections take place on May 22nd, the legislative elections go ahead for the Palestinian Authority, that they are looking for Hamas to play a pretty big role. They want Hamas to play a big role. They want Hamas to win. They would say they want democracy to take place in the Palestinian Authority. But looking at the history of Hadi Amir and what he's saying in this article, or at least what he wrote, this was a draft that was given uh, to um, Joey Hood, who's the Assistant Secretary of State for Near Eastern Affairs, that was then raised up to the level of Secretary of State Anthony Blinken on March 1st. And it says here that um, Biden administration memo recommends voicing U.S. principles on achieving Israeli-Palestinian peace under a two-state solution, quote, based on the framework of the 1967 lines, mutually agreed land swaps, agreements on security issues, and so on. And then it says, the document mentions a challenge in the coming Palestinian legislative elections planned for May 22nd and the presidential elections planned for July 31st. The last Palestinian elections were held 15 years ago and half of the young population has never had a chance to vote. And then it says the implications are uncertain about the election. Um, and so there isn't too much, I would say, that's blockbuster in this. A return to the kind of the Oslo uh, ideas. Um, there is not a lot about Hamas itself uh, in it, at least what was reported inside the National. However, again, looking at this individual, Hadi Amir, who's writing this up, we know that he is all for fully democratic elections in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip for the Palestinian Authority. And he's fully on board with Hamas taking up that ticket, or being on the ticket. Now, this is a, a man that uh, I think he, he was part of the uh, Al Gore administration, or at least uh, raised some money for him. Um, he has in the past called Israeli and, Israel an apartheid state. He's accused Israel of ethnic cleansing as well uh, in the past. And he was also, critically, the founding director of the Brookings Doha Center uh, Institute. So Brookings Institute is kind of like a bastion of Israel haters that came, that worked for the Obama administration. A lot of them worked for the Obama administration. But Brookings Institute has existed before then. But these are all the bad guys, basically, that don't like the state of Israel. They come in and out of Democrat um, cabinets or Democrat uh, governments, and then they go back to Brookings or, or, or other institutions, other think tanks in Washington after their tenure. And this is what this man did. Uh, but in 2006, 2010, he ended up working for the Obama government as well. Um, he was the founding director of the Doha Center, which is, the, which is uh, in Qatar. And <clears throat> what's come out since is just how much power the Qatari government has had over that think tank uh, in Doha. And this man was the founding director. The New York Times last year, uh, they had an article entitled Foreign Powers by Influence in Think Tanks. And this um, uh, that article is quite revealing because it showed that uh, there was a no-go zone, this is what the Times said, when it came to criticizing the Qatari government. So you can't 
if you're writing for Brookings, criticize the Qatari government for their policies. Now, what's the Qatari government do? The Qatari government right now funds Hamas. They are the sponsor of Hamas to the tune of $390 million this year inside the Gaza Strip. They fund the government of Hamas. They fund uh, the existence of the Gaza Strip right now. I guess somebody has to do it. Um, But they are, why would they be giving this money to Hamas? They're ideologically supportive of Hamas. Qatar is, is a very rich, I think it's got the highest, maybe per capita income in the world or something like that of any nation. And they are funding Muslim Brotherhood movements all through the Middle East. And they're a jihadi element that seeks to bring down the allies of the United States. And Muslim Brotherhood, of course, is, was allied with the Obama administration and Iran. And so you've got him, this man, that's heads up Israeli-Palestinian affairs right now for the Joe Obama administration that was on the payroll in part of the Qatari government that was not allowed to voice any concerns or any rebuke of the Qatari government, who in the past has lobbied for Hamas to be a part of the peace process, and who has declared publicly that the Muslim Brotherhood, Hamas and Hezbollah, they should be included because their, 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 their populations or the people that they rule over don't think they're as corrupt as other parts of their governments. That's what he said. And I'm going to provide a link to this article, The Problem with Hadi Amir. This is written by Daniel Greenfield. This came out a couple of, or a month ago in early, early February. And so you have this, well, I'll just, uh, I'll just uh, quote from something that Hadi Amir has written a couple of years ago. He said this, by laying out the terms of a three-way Hamas-Israel-Palestinian authority deal now and building an international consensus around it, the United States could create a pathway toward resolution. So he wants to bring on board Hamas to be a critical player in the Palestinian-Israeli affairs, and we have an election coming up very soon, where I think... He's saying that the United States policy would be to back uh, a popular uh, democratic election, of course. And who wouldn't be surprised if Hamas uh, actually came in and won that? I want to quote now from an article that was in Israel Hayom last week. It was an interview with the coordinator for government activities in the territories, Major General Kamil Abu Rakhin. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Not sure. What's interesting about this, this man was in charge of Israeli uh, affairs and relations with Palestinian Authority, or, or at least um, coordinating defense and things with the Palestinian Authority and also in the Gaza Strip. So he knows what he's talking about. He's been in this post for three years. He's going, going to leave in about uh, a month or so. And he says this about the potential of a Hamas victory in these elections. Quote, Hamas really wants these elections, so they're going Uh, going along with things that they could have insisted on having their own way like legal oversight because their goal is to get in to Judea and Samaria. They will cooperate with anything that can lead them there. So he talks about the fact that they're willing to uh, make themselves look a little bit more Western, I suppose, or try and change their image a little bit to make themselves uh, um, look uh, or at least 
put off some of what they what we assume they are, what that we know they are as a terrorist state, a terrorist entity. They're going to try and vie for the hearts of those in the West Bank. Right now, they only control the Gaza Strip, and according to polling, about 40% of all Palestinians would vote for Hamas, and 60% would vote for um, uh, Fatah. So he says this, uh, quote, they, Hamas, don't have a majority among the population, but they are very well organized, and they have a goal, and they have a friend. They have a friend in the Joe Bomber administration, the leader of Israeli-Palestinian peace, or the person that's heading that up, of that policy, is a Hamas fan. He's worked for the Qatari government, basically. Some people, lawyers that were talking to the New York Times back in 2019 when that article was written, um, showcasing how much the Qataris are invested in this institute uh, that puts out policy advice for America, said that they should be declared as foreign agents. Because they were on the payroll of the Qataris and putting forth propaganda for the Qataris who fund the Muslim Brotherhood, who fund Hamas. And here we have this man that worked for that organization right here directing everything uh, for the Joe Bomber administration. He wants Hamas to win. Now, what would happen if that, hap- if that takes place? Now, just before I get to that, I do want to quote from another article. Why does Hamas want women in its leadership? This is from March 16, and also this was in Israel Hayom. This is written by Shahar uh, Klayman. I want to quote now. The selection of two women to join the leadership of Hamas in the Gaza Strip. One is a member of the organization's Politburo, and the second is the head of the group's women's movement, is another gesture to the Palestinian public ahead of the Palestinian Authority parliamentary elections slated for May 22nd. This development is worth looking at, given the rare public nature of the group's internal elections, especially given that Hamas openly showed the close race between Yehia Sinwa, who is seen as the unchallenged leader in Gaza, <clears throat> and Nissa Awadallah, who, is, who represents the group's founding generation. And so what's interesting about this article and the subhead, I'll just quote that, it kind of gives it away. It says this, ahead of the Palestinian legislative elections, Hamas is trying to present itself as moderate, democratic, and receptive to public criticism. So it's trying to change its face for the sake of these elections. And this comes as the United States, again, supports such a move, supports Hamas being a part of the elections, and perhaps even a Hamas victory. This is later on. Hamas wants to present a moderate facade on its way to the center of the Palestinian map. This could be seen in the press conferences Hamas held about the deaths of three fishermen last week. Hamas blamed Israel for the incident, claiming that their net had caught a booby-trapped drone that exploded. But Hamas preferred to demand that the International Criminal Court at The Hague intervene in the matter and hand the findings of a probe to the incident over to a human rights group. At other times, the group would have called to avenge their deaths. In this case, that all came from the Palestinian Islamic Jihad. So you've got decisions that Hamas is making. They haven't changed their hearts. They haven't suddenly accepted that Israel, uh, the Jewish people, belong here in the Middle East and that they've got right to the land that they're on. They haven't all of a sudden accepted a two-state solution 
meaning that we want Israel living side by side, hand in hand, uh, next to us. But they're trying to paint themselves out that they are a legitimate uh, uh, group that responds to um, uh, responds in ways that are similar to what we would expect of uh, a nation uh, or a political group. That they're not a terrorist entity that is bent on the destruction of Israel. That's gone to the Palestinian Islamic Jihad. And indeed, the Palestinian Islamic Jihad are fully in bed with Iran. Um, <clears throat> and they work out of the Gaza Strip also. Uh, so perhaps they are more in the center. But I, 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 let's not say that. Let's say one's far, 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 far right, and the other one is far, far, far right. That's what they are. But when you, or when you have another power... To the, to the right of you, it makes you look more moderate. And so that's what they're trying to paint, this picture. In short, the Palestinian election, continuing with this quote now uh, from Shahar Klayman, in short, the Palestinian election dynamic is cause for concern in Israel. The main worry being that despite the polls that predict a win for Fatah, there could be a repeat of the Hamas surprise win in 2006 splits in the Fatah ranks and the alienation of the Palestinian public towards the Palestinian leadership could contribute to that. So there is a real fear that Hamas could win these elections going forward. Now, what happens if that happens? What happens if Hamas, with United States brokering and support, wins the Palestinian elections? Where does that place Israel? Now, there's no wool being pulled over Israel's eyes at this point. Israel knows what Hamas is up to. Israel knows they want to convert the West Bank or Judea and Samaria into Islamic State, make it into Gaza, make it into a launching pad for attacks on Israelis. They know that's the case. And according to the Major General uh, that's that was over the territories for the sake of Israel, he said that they would turn turn Israel turn it into an Islamic State the West Bank, and that Israel would be left with no choice but to cut off security coordination. What's the point? So coordinating security with the very people that are trying to kill you. That wouldn't be a point. And so there would be an absolute breakdown of any type of peace process going forward if, if, the, if Hamas wins these elections. But what has been the PR campaign? What is the PR campaign right now for Hamas? Present a moderate face. What is the PR campaign of the Joe Bomber administ administration? It is to accept Hamas's participation as a legitimate entity, as, as an authority over the Palestinian people. They deserve to be part of the electoral process. And so if they win, is the United States going to accept a Hamas Palestinian authority? Of course they are. Israel can't accept that. Israel can't accept that. And so we are about to see, I mean, if Hamas, if the elections go forward, and if Hamas wins, an absolute breakdown, complete severing, not of ties here in terms of, of with Israel uh, and the Palestinians or the Americans and the Palestinians, but it's going to be flipped on its head. The Joe Bomber administration is going to say, okay. We've had a democratic, democratically election, democratically elected leadership of the Palestinian people. It's Hamas. Israel, this is your partner for peace. Work with them towards peace. And Israel is going to say, work with who? 
work with the Iranians for peace? Israel can't do that. Whose side is the Joe Bummer administration going to come down on then? They are setting this up. They're setting the narrative up. They're painting Hamas, again, as a legitimate um, uh, power that deserves a place at the seat, negotiating table. And if the Palestinian people elect them, then they, that is your partner, Israel. We're willing to bring you together. We can mediate this. Like Israel's going to sit down with Hadi Amir, who is pro-Muslim Brotherhood, pro-Hamas, and has been such for, for, for decades, Israel is not going to sit down with that mediator. And so what I want to do now is just bring into the Bible into this. Bring in these prophecies that we have been looking to be fulfilled regarding Israel and the peace process. Now, there is a critical prophecy written in Hosea chapter 5. And this prophecy is for our time today. How do we know that? Because there's a verse there that, that takes place that, that is written um, that in, in verse 5 of Hosea that indicates that this is at a time when Israel and Judah and Ephraim are all going to fall together at the same time. This did not happen anciently. It didn't happen anciently. Judah fell, the southern kingdom of Judah fell, about 100 or so years, 130 or 140 years after the northern tribes of Israel went into captivity. And what's interesting about this verse as well is that it, it, it shows that there are three entities involved. It says this in verse 5 of Hosea 5, The pride of Israel does testify to his face. Therefore Israel and Ephraim uh, fall in their iniquity. Judah also shall fall with them. Now, <clears throat> in some instances in the Bible, the word Ephraim is used as a leading tribe of the northern tribes of Israel to designate all of Israel put together. But in terms of biblical prophecy, that is not what this is referring to. You have three powers that are mentioned here, Israel, Ephraim, and Judah. Judah's the easy one. That's the state of Israel today. Mr. Herbert Armstrong's book, The United States and Britain in Prophecy, you should request a copy of this if you don't have it. This goes into more detail to show that America and Great Britain and the Commonwealth that sprung from it, they actually make up Israel today, Ephraim specifically being the British Commonwealth, and Manasseh, the brother of Ephraim, the son of Joseph, uh, being the United States of America. Now, this is the key to biblical prophecy and understanding all prophecy for the latter days, understanding the identity of Israel. And it's not Judah, and or meaning that's not the state of Israel today. Uh, biblical scholarship, secular documents, uh, secular history confirms that, that the tribes that exist now here in Israel, the Jewish people, only were three tribes, Levi, Judah, and Benjamin, the rest of the lost tribes or tribes of Israel were lost to history, but the Bible prophesies that they would exist as nations, and this, this prophecy in Hosea declares that. You're going to have three nations, Israel, or at least a representative of Israel, and we know that when it's referring to Israel in the Bible in end-time prophecy, it's Ephraim and Manasseh. The and you well, again that that book Jerusalem uh, the United States and Britain prophecy will will really make this clear to you. I can't I can't do all that right now. But when Ephraim's mentioned here and Israel separately, we know that there is a separation taking place between the United States, Ephraim, 
and Judah. So you have Israel being representative of the United States, Ephraim being representative of Great Britain and the Commonwealth that sprung from it, and Judah being representative of the southern kingdom of Judah anciently, but today the state of Israel. All three are going to fall with them. This did not happen anciently. But notice specifically here, once you get down to verse 13, it says, When Ephraim saw his sickness and Judah saw his wound, then went Ephraim to the Assyrian and sent to King Jarob, yet could he not heal you nor cure you of your wound. This verse is explained in detail in Jerusalem and Prophecy, a book by Gerald Flurry. Again, this is free. But But you notice here that Israel itself is not mentioned at this point. Israel being the United States, at least in the context of this prophecy. Where are they? Israel is no longer featured. They're doing their own thing. They are no longer uh, uh, in in a relationship with the state of Israel or, or even Ephraim at this point or Great Britain. They are gone. Instead, there's a sickness and there's a wound that Judah has. And Judah's going to go to the Assyrian for help at clearing up this wound, as Ephraim will as well. And so we also need to, to really think about who Assyria here is in this prophecy. However, this indicates that there is going to be a severe breaking that takes place in the relationship between the United States and Israel. If Israel continues to have a strong relationship with the United States, the United States has been the chief backer of the state of Israel since its founding, why is it that they're not going to the United States for help? Why is it that they are seeking help to the Assyrian? Assyrian, of all people. It's because the United States has gone from the scene at this point, or at least they're not interested in the Middle East, or perhaps they're pretty antagonistic towards the state of Israel. There is another prophecy that details this breaking of the brotherhood that's to take place. This is in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 21. It says this, Manasseh, Ephraim, Ephraim, Manasseh, they together shall be against Judah. Uh, For all this, his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out. So you are going to have this situation where Manasseh and Ephraim, or Great Britain and the United States, they're actually going to be against little Judah, the state of Israel today. There's one other prophecy, Zechariah chapter 11 and verse 14, speaks about this same breaking, and it puts it in a different terminology here, this breaking of the relationship, a fracture, a permanent fracture of this relationship. It says this, verse 14 of Zechariah 11, Then I cut asunder my other staff, bands, even bands, that I may break the brotherhood between Judah and Israel. This is the book of Zechariah. This is, Judah doesn't exist as a state at this point. They've already gone into captivity and come back as a remnant. Yes, Israel's gone. Where? So who is this about? Who is Zechariah's prophecy about, if not about end-time nations? An Israelite nation, a, a Judah, a nation representing Judah. These nations exist today, or the Bible is, 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 is incorrect. This prophecy is not valid if these nations don't exist today. And there is going to be a breaking of the brotherhood between Israel and Judah. How does that happen? Are we witnessing that breaking right now because of the Joe Bomber administration? They're already championing Iran at the expense of Saudi Arabia and Israel. They are already installing anti-Israel, pro-Muslim brotherhood surrogates as their chief 
director of policy of Israeli-Palestinian affairs, I would say there's a breaking coming. I would say that America right now is trying to craft a narrative that is going to blame Israel for the breaking of that brotherhood. If there's a democratically elect, uh, a democratic election of the Palestinian people and Hamas wins, Israel cannot continue with a relationship with the Palestinian people and its backer, the United States. Now this, of course, you're going to have, it's not going to just blow up in, in, in our faces in the United States-Israeli relationship in one foul swoop. But you can see that the writing is on the wall and that America is going to blame Israel, is going to push Israel to negotiate with Hamas once this election takes place. And Israel is going to be backed into a corner and they can't do it. They're not going to negotiate with the Iranians. Now, who is Assyria in this other prophecy where Israel eventually is going to go to help? We have in that book, The United States and Britain and Prophecy, it shows that Assyria is the modern nation of Germany today. Of Germany. And as we showed last week, and as we talked about last week, if you go to that prophecy in Daniel 11, verse 40, and I do recommend listening to that program if you didn't, we are expecting a the radical Islamic regime in Iran with its Muslim Brotherhood friends to gain more power in the Middle East, pushed by the United States, it seems. And the forceful response to that is going to come from a German-led Europe. And that is Assyria is going to respond forcefully to Iran eventually. And that is also who Israel is going to go to for help in this situation with the Palestinians, this wound that's been created through this peace process with the Palestinians. And that makes sense. If Germany shows itself as going to be strong in support of Israel in terms of a security relationship that acts forcefully against the Iranian regime, it would also make sense then that they would come to Israel's aid, or at least Israel would see them as, the, as a friend in this process, see them as a security ally. And so we are coming to this point through the Joe Obama administration where the brotherhood is going to be broken between Israel and the United States, and Israel is going to have to look for friends elsewhere. And the Bible says that Germany is going to come on strong against Iran. And so if that's the case, it makes sense then that they are going to go to King Jarob, the Assyrian, for help. And this is, this is amazing. This is biblical prophecy. These prophecies have been recorded millennia ago, and the Jerusalem Prophecy book written by Gerald Flurry that's almost uh, almost 30 years old. It's been around for quite a long time. Before all these maneuvers of Obama coming in and now Joe Obama's administration and President Trump, and yet it's valid, it's true, and we can see this breaking of the brotherhood coming, coming fast underneath this administration, <clears throat> and it makes sense that Israel is going to reach out to Germany for help. Now, there's just one other article I want to push you to, and this is written in El Hamina, March 8. It's entitled, Germany can show true repentance by confronting Iran. It's an opinion piece. It was written by Paul Socken, and he is uh, founder of the Jewish Studies Program at the Uni University of Waterloo. Uh, this is in Ontario, Canada. 
And what's really interesting about this is that it is actively encouraging for German to express its full repentance against for what it did from the Holocaust is for it to very much support Israel's security against the Iranians. And this is something that is going to happen. As the United States supports the Iranians, the Europeans are going to recognize, finally, that they're on the receiving end of a superpower-fed, superpower, supercharged Islamic uh, Republic of Iran that wants to destroy Europe. They're going to have to secure themselves. And Israel is going to be a security ally for them. And so it makes sense, then, that Germany is going to eventually show its repentance uh, false repentance, really, at coming to Israel's aid at, at in confronting Iran. I just thought that piece was just very interesting. I'll leave a show, leave an, leave the the link in the show notes for you to go ahead and read that, because it shows why Israel is going to reach out to Germany to replace the United States as its chief backer, as its chief mediator for Middle East peace. That's what the Bible says is going to happen. The Bible also says it's going to lead to what is the dramatic double cross. Uh, in end time events uh, as well. So it's not going to be a good thing that Israel reaches out to Germany at all. They should be reaching out to God. And now modern minds uh, that we have all these security relationships, we forget about God. We forget about the miracle working power of God. And that miracle working power isn't uh, gone. God still exists. God led ancient Israel. God provided miracles for ancient Israel. And he's provided miracles for the modern state of Israel as well. Those initial wars of the, of the state of Israel, they were miraculous victories by God. Because God did say that the state of Israel would exist. There would be a Jewish state that would exist for these prophecies to be fulfilled. And many in the state of Israel believed that God provided miracles to let them prevail in the War of Independence and in the Six-Day War, has God gone? Is God able to deliver Israel? Would Israeli leadership look to God for protection, divine protection? Or would it search furiously for help from other nations? God is always intent on us looking to Him to provide the victory for us, that goes nationally, and that goes for us individually also. But what we're seeing right now through this second leak is the beginning of the United States policy towards the peace process to favor a terrorist organization, Hamas, over the state of Israel. And the Bible says it's going to break the relationship with the state of Israel, break this brotherhood. Now, if you want to read more about this, and I definitely implore you to do so, you need to read Gerald Flurry's book, Jerusalem in Prophecy. Jerusalem in Prophecy, it shows that we are in prophetic times. It shows you how it's going to work out. It shows you the dramatic conclusion of it all as well. The Messiah is coming. That is going to happen at the conclusion of all these man-made events where man tries to figure out these things himself, himself, tries to get out of these quagmires himself, tries to provide his protection from seeking allies, be it Egypt, anciently, or, or, or even the northern tribes, of, or, or Judah, anciently, sought the Assyrian as well. You can read that. That's the context of that breaking of the brotherhood, or at least that scripture in, in chapter 9 of Isaiah. 
It's all about the breaking, the reaching out, or the breaking of the brotherhood between Manasseh and Ephraim and Judah came about because Manasseh and Ephraim, they were coming to attack Judah anciently. Brothers were attacking each other. And Judah had to reach out to the Assyrian back then. And the Bible says that they're going to do so again. But there is a dramatic, beautiful, uh, awe-inspiring conclusion to all of this mess that will come from man looking to himself for solutions. And the Jerusalem Prophecy book really does lay out that for you. So please go ahead and request that booklet. Thank you very much for listening today. I'll be with you again next week. I'm Brent Nuktagal coming to you today from Jerusalem. If you'd like to send some feedback on our program, you can do so by writing your emails to letters at watchjerusalem.co.il. Have a good week.